I'm going to ask you guys to take out your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Acts for just a moment. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It's on, I believe, page 446. If you're using one of the Bibles you may have picked up when you came in this morning. You guys are in for a treat today. We have a little special surprise for you. And I want to kind of let you know what we're going to be doing today. In Acts chapter 13, we read about when Paul, the apostle, apostle and several men were first sent out on the very first missionary journey. A church sent them out and they went around the region planting and starting churches. And, and I want us to pick up this reading in Acts chapter 13 verse 1. It says, Now in the church that was in Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon who had been called Niger, si Lucius of Cyrene, Menin who had been brought up under Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, or we also know as Paul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. And we know that what happened when they sent them away was they went out and started these churches and they went on their what we call missionary journeys. They went out as missionaries to several different places over several months' time. And then they came back to the church in Antioch where they were prayed for and they were sent out from. And so in, now I want you to jump to Acts chapter 4, verse 20, or 14, verse 27. Acts 14, 27. And this is after many months have gone by and churches have been started on this missionary journey. And Paul comes back in Acts chapter 14, verse 27. It says, Now when they had come and gathered the church together, just like we've gathered together today, they reported all that God had done with them and that they had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, how they shared the gospel and people got saved. And so they stayed there a long time with the disciples. The reason I read that this morning is because when our church first started back in 2005, the fall, we had our grand opening service uh, on Easter of 2006. You know, we began as a church. We were supported by a lot of other churches. And, and our mission as a church has always been to fulfill the great commission Jesus gave us, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And that starts right here in our community as we see people brought to Christ, discipled in their faith, and then be able to bring other people to Christ. And that's been our mission from day one. But not just to see it done here in our community, but the Great Commission says, go therefore and make disciples of what church? All nations. And so as God gave us opportunity, we wanted to support missionaries that we could send out around the world in other places of the world. If we couldn't go there, we wanted to send people and help support missionaries that would be going to make disciples in other areas, just like what we're trying to do right here in our community uh, here in Northeast Denver. And so it was uh, the end of December 2007 that uh, we introduced our church. Back then, we were just a couple hundred people. A lot of you weren't here then, and you haven't met these folks. But we uh, introduced to our church April and Adolfo Rezga, and they were going to be going missionaries, going to Mexico. And they were the very first missionary family that we took on to support as a church. And we started supporting them, and we've supported them ever since then, every month. Those of you that have given to missions and have tithed, and we give a percentage of that. I'll talk about that a little more in a little bit. Uh, goes to missions. We took them on. And so this is our very first missionary family. And what missionaries usually do is they go and they do the work for a while, and then every three or four years they come back to the States, and they report, just like Paul and his group did, to the church what God has done. So I am so excited and thrilled to introduce to some of you, and for some of you to meet again, our very first missionaries that we took on as a church, April and Adolfo Rezga, are with us today. Can we give them a big, huge Orchard Church welcome? Guys, come on out. <laughs> 
And you can see they got the white shirt memo. I called them last night. They showed up today. I said, I haven't wore a white shirt in a year, and then we, we all got in white today. But uh, we are so thrilled to have you guys back. They, they, these guys are a part of our church family. Um, there are missionaries that we support, uh, have from you know, day one. And uh, we're excited today to let them tell you what God has been doing in Orizaba, Mexico. And so do you want to introduce the video to start out? You got a microphone there or you don't? Okay. What, you want to say something about that? Can you just talk loud? We'll okay. get the microphone backstage. All right. I'm going to show a video and it's basically a report of 2000. We're going we're gonna to watch the video, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time interviewing Adolfo, and he's going to share with you guys what's been going on and answer probably some questions that you guys have about them and their work. But we're really excited that they're here with us today, all right? So let's watch their video.
as you watch that and you see all those people that have come to Christ to know that we as a church have a part in that. That's what is always so exciting to me when, you know, we get to talk to our missionaries around the world and, you know, there's some people we may not meet this side of heaven. Now, some of you may get a chance to meet them if you go on a mission trip, but for some of you, may not, you may not meet them here, but won't it be cool you get to heaven and there'll be people walking up to you and saying, I'm here because your church and you supported a missionary to go to Mexico, and we have a part in that. And that's what's so exciting about partnering with these missionaries. And so we want to spend a little bit of time today because, as I said, when we introduced you guys uh, four and a half years ago, I can't believe it's been four and a half years. Time flies. Um, a lot of people weren't here. They didn't get to know you guys. And, and just so you guys know as a church, um, we only support a few missionary families, and, but we really try to support them heavily, financially, prayerfully. Um, because we're, we support fewer missionaries, we're able to know them. They're able to know us. We have a, a great relationship with our missionaries. And so I want you guys to feel like you know the Rezgas. And so um, we're just going to ask some questions today that I think would help our people get to know you guys a little bit better. And we talked a little bit 
last night uh, about some of these questions that might be helpful to them. But just to start out, why don't you just kind of introduce your family, tell us a little about, about your family. They'll probably pick up from your accent that this might not be your native country. So kind of fill them in a little bit on that, Adolfo. Exactly. Well, I, I guess you can start with my name, Adolfo, which is, of course, not from the States. <laughs> I was born and raised in Mexico, and I don't have any Mexican blood in me. My, all my ancestors are from Europe, but I was born and raised in Mexico, and I love Mexico. And <laughs> God called us back to Mexico, and that's why we're there. My, my wife, she's a missionary kid. She was born in Norway, and then they were missionaries as well in Mexico. So we met in church. We were about 10, 11 years old when we met, and then we grew up together, and we went to church together, and then we got married. <laughs> <laughs> And we have three kids, and you saw them on, on, on the screen. We have Kevin, he's nine, Amanda's six, and Katie, she's two years old, and no more. The, <laughs> and no more. The factory is closed. <laughs> That's awesome. So people might, people might ask, you know, what is a missionary? You know, we sometimes take for granted that when we say, hey, we support a missionary or you're a missionary, what does that mean? So can you kind of explain to people, what, what's the difference between a missionary and, let's say, like a pastor? What, what's the difference? Okay, I'm, I'm going to read you one verse here, and I usually have a hard time reading this one, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, as I said, English is not my first language, uh, but here it goes. So if it sounds kind of like, just get what I'm trying to say, okay? Uh, <laughs> Romans chapter 10, and this will answer a lot of the question, verse 13 it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I think you did just fine with that verse. <laughs> Well, uh, that verse, I love it because it tells you uh, what, what is a missionary. And it's explaining more details, the difference between a pastor and missionary. A pastor is right here. And it will be a pastor of this church for many, many years. Maybe until he dies. Hopefully not soon. I haven't been feeling well lately, yeah. so I don't <laughs> but, but a missionary, well, first of all, they go to another country. Uh, that's one of the main differences, and then uh, start uh, a church as well. So the, the, the beginning of, of, of it is like being a pastor. You got to be everything. You got to sing, you got to play, which I don't play, <laughs> but praise God for iPods and that kind of stuff, <laughs> and sound system, and, and, and you got you to gotta preach, you got to do your youth, you got to clean the church, you gotta, I mean, you got to do everything, and you can start that way, and then as the church starts growing, then other people start taking of that stuff, and then you start helping start other churches in, in different countries. And it might be we started another church or several churches in Mexico or in different countries and based out of the first church, which is what you saw on the screen. Awesome. So hopefully that helps some of you guys maybe understand the difference you know, between a missionary. And another difference is a, a pastor uh, is, receives a salary from the church. A missionary does not receive a salary from the church. A missionary uh, receives uh, income from different churches that want to participate, like you guys. You guys have 
faithfully participating, supporting our family and our ministry for four and a half years now. And we have been traveling all over the states, and, and that's what we do uh, while we're in the states, uh, trying to look for partners uh, to participate in the ministry and, and reporting to our supporting churches like this one. So th that is another difference. And, and how does that benefit? We talked a little bit last night about this. How does that benefit the work there in Mexico by you being able to rely on support from the states rather than trying to get support from the church there in Mexico? Um, well, first of all, to try to get support in Mexico would be basically impossible because the average income in Mexico is a lot less. So starting right there is a huge advantage. Number two, if the church doesn't have to pay a salary, then we can use all that money towards the church to buy chairs, to rent the building, to sound system, to do this activity here and there. And so we use 100% of the money for the church, and we don't pay salaries. And then also, whenever you guys are ready to start your next church, it, uh, what you guys look for is a national there that you can raise up, and then that church can help provide that salary Exactly. Once we get to the, the, the size, then uh, the, the guy you saw over there on the screen, Marcial, he, the, the one is taking care of the church right now, will bring him and, and staff. Well, he's in staff, but with, without pay because we don't have the money yet. But eventually the church will be able to pay him. So part of that money, instead of going to the missionary, is going to go to them. So we can then help start another church and another church and so on. Awesome. Awesome. Um, how does being a missionary affect your family? I know there are a lot of challenges, and it's, it's much different with all the travel. And How does it affect your family? It's awesome. It's, it really is. It's pretty cool uh, to serve God. It might be a different lifestyle. Uh, you're, like the, the past six months we have been in the States. We're going back to Mexico in two weeks. And every weekend we're in a different state, different church, and uh, we drive a lot. Uh, but at the same time, it's fun, and I mean, w we just love it. It's different. So the thing is, if God tells you to do it, then you'll be okay with it. There's no problem. It might represent a challenge for somebody, but once you're sure God wants you to do that, it's really, it's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Um, how important, you talked a little bit about, you know, your, your salary, the way you, your family lives and how you're provided for is not from the work there in Mexico. It's from churches like ours mm -hmm. around the state. So how, how important is the support of churches like ours to ha have that support? Well, I like eating. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important. It is important. And well, I, I mean, I've tried. I've been to Walmart and say, hey, don't charge me. I'm a missionary. And they don't care. <laughs> so, didn't work. It didn't work. So, I mean, it's, I mean, you need the money to, to leave, to eat, to, to pay the bills, to put the kids in school and that kind of stuff. So it is very important. It is kind of scary at the same time because uh, if for whatever reason a church doesn't send that month, then that month you, that month you might not be able to do this, this, or that. But uh, so it's kind of, it requires faith. Just trust that God will provide. But it, it is different and it's very important. So if you're not involved in missions, get involved. And you guys can help us and the rest of missionaries you guys support. And it does make a difference. 
For example, when we got there in 2009, you saw the video when the church was started. If we had had no support, then the church wouldn't be what it is right now. We'd probably be a small Bible study in my living room still because it takes money to just to rent a place, to pay the electricity, I mean, for everything. So if you only have just a little bit of money, then that's all you can do. And, like, you guys have here a great auditorium. I wish we had this. <laughs> right now we have a, a, a building that we rent, and it wouldn't really be a building, but we call it a building because it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's only like a, let me see, I'm thinking meters, so it's 15 by 15 yards. That's it, okay? And we pay $1,500 a month mm. for it. Mm. And so if we were to get something like this, it would be crazy out of this world. Mm. So to pay what we're paying right now, it is kind of crazy. At the beginning, as the missionaries, we paid for it. And then as the church started growing, they learned how to give. And then they, they're, they're now paying for it. And now mm. that money we're using in different other projects to continue growing the ministry. So it is very important. And, and explain to them, Adolfo, one of the reasons why it's important for missionaries to, you know, leave the field every few years to come back, you know, and, and what you guys have been doing and wh why you're back. Every three or four years, we're required to come back to the States and report. And for once, it's, it's, it's just right to do it because like you guys have been supporting us for four and a half years. It's just right to come and face you guys and say, thank you. We really appreciate your the support. And instead of, well, we're supporting this, this guy. Who is he? I don't know. What is he doing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that is wrong. So for once, it's just because it's right. Number two, it, uh, like last time, the, this church was smaller. So may, maybe a lot of you guys don't know a lot about missions. And when the missionary comes, you can get to ask them a lot of questions. And by the way, we're going to be here all week. So if during the week you have more questions, just feel free to call or we can get together and ask all the questions you want. And You're open for lunches, dinners. Yeah, sleepovers, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is good for, for the church so they can experience missions firsthand, so they can get to know more about missions. It's good for us to take a little break. We're really not on vacations, but it's, you're doing something different, and you get encouraged. You come to church like this that is alive. And you go back and you, say, you get ideas and say, man, we got to do this. This was awesome. And so it, it helps in the ministry down there. And, and also we're in the States trying to raise additional support. So that's part of, the, of all the travelings. We have been in the States six months, and we're going back in two weeks. And one of the, tell them one of the reasons why you're needing to raise additional support. Well, because uh, when you went originally. When, when we went originally, we went a little bit under-supported. It took us three years. Just picture three years traveling all over the states, 150,000 miles, mm. uh, trying to raise support. So we finally said, okay, we're done traveling. We got to get there. So we got there in, in August of 2008. And you know what happened in September 2008? The market crashed. So we got there a little bit under support, and immediately next month, we lost a lot of the support. Because, from churches. From churches, because a lot of the members of the churches were in finance, financial trouble so they couldn't give any more so the churches couldn't give us any more and it's just a chain reaction but we had just gotten there so we said well we gotta stay here at least three or four years and then we'll go back and try to 
pick it up again. So this six months, that's what we have been trying to do. We have reported to our supporting churches, and we have visited new churches and trying to have more churches join in, in, the, in the support and also maybe some of our supporting churches increase their support so we can get out of that hole that was a four years. Now was, we, that a, was that a hint? You said get our existing churches to bring their support yeah, up. Yeah, they that usually increase like right? 300%. 300%. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a hint. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yes. let, let me say this, because we were talking last night uh, about this. Because, you know, how can you imagine, you know, going to another country with your family, completely on faith, that these churches across America that have promised, you know, 50 75 $100 a month, Every month, you're waiting, not just on one check, but for many checks to come in. And we have never missed nope. one month in four and a half years. And, and, and praise God for that. Amen. But unfortunately, that's not true of every church, you know. And sometimes churches just go through hard times, and, and they just can't do it. And unfortunately, the, the hard truth is for a lot of churches, when, the, when money gets tight, the, the first thing they start cutting is missionaries. Which is really sad because that starts affecting directly these missionary families. And I was asking him last night, what is the average monthly support? And he told me the average church supports them about $75 a month. $75 a month. That seems a little crazy to me. You think about when he come back to the States and they're driving all around the country. $75 a month, you know, what's that like, you know, 800 and some dollars a year you know, they can spend that in gas and lodging just coming back to report. And that's one of the things that we want to do different as a church. Um, a lot of churches try to support as many missionaries as they can, $50, $75 a month. And if a church chooses to do that, that's fine. But we've tried to support less missionaries but do more for them. We, praise God, have been able to support them. Um, we're their third largest supporting church a month. And we've been supporting them $200 a month almost three times what their average is for four and a half years. And I think you told me the next highest is 225 and then you've got a church that supports you 250 yes. $250 yes. a month. And we've been supporting them $200 a month for the last four and a half years. I think they're due a raise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can do 300%, <laughs> but I'll tell you what we will do. We want to be your largest supporting church. That all right? So we're going to raise your support to $300 a month. From $200 Thank you. to $300. That'd be all right, church? So we're going to help you guys in, in that way. And now next Sunday, and here's what's cool. You know, we also are starting churches, and we started the Orchard Church of Erie, you know, a little over a year ago. He's going to be with Nick next week, and they're praying about taking on April and Dolfo as their first missionary church that they're going to support. So you be sure and tell Nick to pony up. I will. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, tell us, what, what are some of your other needs, other than just monthly support? Um, what are some of the other needs that you guys have you know, right now? I know you had some special circumstances about getting back to Orizaba. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've heard in the news about all the crazy danger in Mexico, everybody killing each other, right? Well, it's true. It's true, <laughs> and it is, it is very bad. And a lot of people have said, well, just stay here. Well, God didn't call me to stay here. He asked me to be there. Mm. I think the safest place you can be is in the center of the will of God. Amen. So Amen. they Amen. might be shooting all over you. And 
I mean, maybe next week or in two weeks when we get there, you'll get the, the news. Oh, you remember that guy with a weird accent? Well, they kill him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that might happen. But if that happens, guess what? I'm in heaven. It's true. So it really doesn't matter. So, but it is dangerous. So, and at the same time, we don't want to just, uh, we want to use our brains. And we usually drive all the way down there. It's probably like 16, 18 hours from the border south. And this time we have been advised all over the place to not drive. And now that sounds very good. When people say, oh, man, don't drive, fly. It sounds good. It actually sounds appealing to me because I don't have to drive all that. But it takes a lot of money to do that, to fly. And then once you get there, you need a car there. So it produces a lot of other expenses. So a few, uh, like last month, we decided, okay, we're going to fly and we're going to pray that God provides for all of this. And in the last three weeks, he provided for all the plane tickets, Amen. which is $3,000. and Family of five. Yeah, so God is good, and some other expenses, and now we're praying for God to provide in the next two weeks for us to buy a car, so that's... When you get there. When we get there. We need a, a car with Mexican plates, so we don't... Um, if we have a car with uh, Texas plates, in this case, we're uh, Target. Target. Mm. So, <laughs> I kind of don't like to be in Target. <laughs> So we want to get a small vehicle there, just as big as enough, five people can fit in there, and that's it. So, And I think you said you're trying to raise about $10,000 so you yes. guys can, because you're going to have to leave your vehicle that you have, uh -huh. that they've been tra traveling around um, the states, you're going to have to leave here so you guys can fly down there. And yes, and we're trying to raise 10000 and a church in Shreveport, Louisiana, sent last week $2,000. Amen. So, so you'd like to raise another 8000 8, yeah. Okay. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. Um, tell the people a little bit about Orizaba. You okay. know, that's, and what I love about April and Dolfo's story, it is much like our story. Mm -hmm. You know, God called us to plant a church, and we started praying and seeking, and, and this was the community that God, through supernatural circumstances, directed us to. And the same thing happened with you guys. God called you to plant a church, and then you just start praying, okay, where in Mexico? So just tell us a little bit about how God you know, put you in Orizaba and a little bit about Orizaba. Okay. A few years ago, we used to work in Saltillo, which is the northern part of, of, of Mexico, and your pastor has actually been there and spoke at that church. And after that, when we started traveling the States, uh, a few months after we came here, and it was May 2008, we decided we were not going to go back to that same church. That church was doing good and running about 100, 100 and something every week. And we, we decided uh, we were going to start a new church. God just put that in our hearts. And we, we said, okay, where are we going? Mexico is pretty large. It has 110 million people. And where are we going? So we said, well, let's just drive, pray, and ask God. And let us... Let him guide us. So we got in a truck, and we started driving all over Mexico, and it just happened that we stopped. We got tired in Orizaba, and we got into that town. We saw a hotel, and we slept there, and we said, oh, nice place. We kept going. We didn't think much about, about it. So we went to another city, and another city, and another city, and then on the way back, it just happened again. We got tired right there. So we stopped at uh, a hotel there, and... We, we said, well, let's stay here a couple of days. So we stayed there a couple of days, and we started looking around. And, I mean, 
it felt pretty good. Uh, pretty good. It was like, man, we really like this place. It's a small city. It's, it's in between the mountains, and it's just very small but very nice. And it it felt very good. But you cannot go with, oh, it felt good. That's really not enough. So we we the last day we said, well, let's look for homes here and let's see if there are homes available if we can afford a home here so we're driving around uh, down the street and we saw a sign for rent so we saw a phone number so i called and this lady answered and and she told us where where to meet her so we met her and she showed us several houses and then she shows the house where we are right now and and we saw the house and we liked it we went to the roof and we saw the whole city and it just looked beautiful and i mean we prayed right there and said god if you want us to come here, we would love it. But whatever you want. So we, we came back to the States. Meanwhile, we were asking God in his word. And, I mean, uh, April was in Houston, and I was in the trip. And, well, she was in Houston. God spoke to her in, in, in his word and said, well, three men are going to go on this trip. And they're going to come back with good news. They're going to find the place. And, and, and it described, the Bible described the place exactly like Orizaba. And while I was in the trip, I was also asking God, and he said, you're going to go and to that city between the mountains, and you're going to be there, and God is going to bless the fruit. And, and it's just gonna, it was just awesome. I can show you the verses uh, later, but it was clear word of God. So we, I got back to Houston, and we prayed, and we said, okay, let's go for it. This is God. So I called this lady, the only person we had met for probably an hour and a half, the realtor lady and I said I want the house so I, here's the money and she sent me the contract uh, the leasing contract and I said uh, do you know of any good school so she said her name I said give me the phone number we call and we put the kids in school I mean we hadn't seen anything uh, I just saw the house she hadn't seen the house the school the town anything and we just uh, two weeks after that we jumped in the truck and pulled a trailer all over down there and we got to the house and this lady, the first one we met on that trip, the first Bible study we, we had, she went that first Bible study and she got saved. Amen. And she's being baptized and we're trying to work with her to, through her discipleship. And then we started a Bible study in, in, our, in our home and God blessed that. So we ran out of, out of room and we rented a, a little larger room. We ran, ran out of room, rented a little larger room ran out of room and then we rented the building where we are right now where we can sit probably 120 people and we hope we run out of room pretty soon yeah and just last week one of the guys he was in the video he called me and he said uh, there used to be a bowling alley here in town that closed and they want to rent it and they're my friends and they say they were willing to rent it to the church you know bowling alley is a lot bigger than what we have and it seems like they want to rent for the same price we're paying right now. Mm. So pray for that because we might be able to move to a larger place. And I think that's going to help the church grow when you have more room. Mm. So that's awesome. That's, I don't even remember what the question was. but No, yeah, that was good. <laughs> you answered it. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and just, you know, quickly in a nutshell, how, how receptive have the people in Orizaba been to the gospel, to, to Christ? It's different than here in the States. Here in the States, you're driving around and you see a Christian church all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you don't like this pastor, then you drive two miles and you get another one. That's not an invitation, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way it is. Orizaba, it's an old city, uh, and it has 300,000 people. 
but it's only seven miles long. Mm. And there's only one other good doctrine church in town. And it has been there probably for 35 years, and we're the second one. Wow. Uh, they are very receptive when you talk about Christ. They're not very receptive because it doesn't say Catholic outside. Uh, so it's different than in the northern part of Mexico. In the northern part of Mexico, they don't even go to church. Down here, they do go to church, mm. but they're more open. Now, all this crime that has happened in Mexico, I think, has helped because people are more scared, mm. are thinking about death more often. Mm. And I think... I mean, of course, God is in control. So they're open to the gospel. It's very hard to get a new person to the church because that's the way it is in Mexico. But I think all in all, God has been awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we are just so thrilled to partner with you guys Thank and you. be a part of that. And, and to know they're doing, I mean, their story is so much like ours. They're just trying to do the exact same thing in Orizaba that we've been doing in this community and it's an extension uh, of the ministry uh, of this church, and that is so exciting. And just so people know, some of you are probably like, where is Orizaba? Um, it's what? It's about southeast of it, Mexico City, a couple hours? Yeah, like four hours southeast of Mexico City. We're an hour and a half from the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, there's a Gulf City, Veracruz, maybe some of you have heard about. Yeah. And it's just west of that. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, we need to kind of wrap up due to time, and I know you guys are heading back in a couple of weeks. In two weeks, we're flying down to Mexico. Flying back. Mm -hmm. And next Sunday, you're going to be with Nick over at Orchard Church of Erie. Yes. Is that your last church you're going to be in, or do you have another? That's, uh, yeah, because then the last Sunday we are in the States, we're going to be in our sending church. Oh, okay. Back in Dallas. Where you've kind of been going in and out of exactly. in, in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so, and from what I heard, you're needing to raise $8,000. Yeah to get a vehicle uh -huh. in the next two weeks. Yes. And the next church you're going to is Nick's. Yes. We know he didn't have any money because we send him <laughs> money every, every month so they can be supported because we started them. They're part of our mission. <laughs> so we need to help the guy out today. So here's, here's what I'm proposing. And our, our church, you guys are so generous. I mean, there have been, it's been amazing what we've been able to do beyond these four walls in our community, um, our feeding center in Haiti, which, by the way, our team has been there all week, seven from our church in Haiti. They'll be coming back tomorrow. Pray for them. Um, we support a, a feeding center in Haiti um, every month. We support a feeding center in the Philippines. We have our missionaries, Luke and Kelly Lyons, in the Philippines. We have Paul and Joanne Clark in Bogota, Colombia. We have the Rezgas, and then we have Chuck Ward with Manna. And uh, then we also fully support um, our, our work there in Orchard Church of Erie to get that church started a year and a half ago. And, and that wouldn't be possible without these faithful people yeah. giving. And, and let me just kind of explain to you guys, if you're newer to our church, how, how can you give financially? I, all of us can pray, and I hope you will. I hope you guys will be praying for Adolfo and April, the Rezgas, as they go back and they continue this work and as they travel down there and, and for their safety as they're there and that, that God will be just with them. But, you know, also you can give financially. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do that through our church. Um, first of all, if you tithe, and I hope you do, because that's the first thing that God calls us to do, is to tithe, give 10% of our income back to the Lord, to the local church. Here's what's cool in our church. When you tithe... A few years ago, God laid on our heart to start tithing off of the church tithe. 
And so 10% of everything you give in your tithes goes into our missions account so we can support missionaries like this. So if you're not tithing, start tithing. And then automatically, not only are you helping this church, but you're helping the missionaries because 10% of it goes into that. I think last year alone, um, the church's tithe into missions was about $80,000, just the tithe uh, alone that went into missions. So we're able to support these missionaries and these works. Another way you can give is to, you know, the Bible talks about tithes and offerings. And offerings are anything above your tithe. And so I'd encourage you, if you don't give something to missions beyond your tithe, there on your envelope, there's tithe and then there's missions. Give something. Start with $5 a week or $5 a month or 10 or 20 but start with something. And, and whatever you give, no matter how small or how big, whenever you hear these reports, you have had a part in that. Amen? You've had a part in seeing people reach for Christ and the gospel carry the Great Commission around the world. So that's another way that you can give. And then some of you give directly to our feeding centers above that. And we've taken pledges for that. We have our feeding center in Haiti and the Philippines. About $2,200 a month you guys have pledged and give to our feeding centers over and above the missions and, and the tithe. And I know one of the things Adolfo shared with me is they would like to start a feeding center as well there in Orizaba because just as we've seen the effectiveness of that in our other mission works, they have people, they have the, the people there ready to run it yes. and all of that. They just need the finances. I want you to keep that in mind because in a few weeks at the end of summer, Chuck Ward comes every year from Mana. He's going to give us a report on our Mana feeding centers in Haiti and we're going to take new pledges and we're going to see if maybe we can raise some money to help you guys with that. But you need $8,000 like today. And like I said, I don't know where you're going to get it the next couple of weeks. So I happened to be looking at the missions account uh, the other day, and we actually came out with a little bit of surplus last year that we've been waiting for God to give us an opportunity. I think we've been given an opportunity. So here's what I'd like to do. $5,000 I'm committing right now. Thank you. You got that. Thank you. So that puts you up to seven. So we need three more thousand dollars. And so if God would lay on your heart today to give toward that, I'd, li- I'd like to see us raise in the next, this service the next $3,000, and you'd ha- they'd have their $8,000, and that way they, know they can get a vehicle when they arrive. So if you would like to give to that, we'll, we'll make it easy. If any cash that comes in, the offering today, we'll just give all that toward that $3,000. If you'd like to give a check or if you'd like to give by credit card, you, know, you have those options on your envelope. On the envelope where it says other, there, there's an envelope in your newsletter, put resgas. R-U-E-S-G-A, or something close to that. <laughs> put mission guy, yeah. cool mission guy, right? Yeah. And we'll know. And, and just put that on there in addition to ties and other things, and, and I think we could probably raise that $3,000, and you guys will have your vehicle. Wouldn't that Thank be you. exciting as a church to bless them in that way? So let's see what God will do with that uh, today. And, and I just want to encourage all of you to pray for them. And, um, you know, if you're not giving something to missions, begin. And you can rejoice that you're, you're a part of this uh, work there and with our other missionaries that we, we support around the world. Anything else you'd like to say in closing, Adolfo? And we'll... Well, I will, uh, first of all, thank you. And number two, I would like you guys to come and visit us. Uh, I know after talking about the bullets and all that, it doesn't sound... <laughs> People are like, ah, oh, maybe I'll sign up for Appealing, <laughs> but think about it. And maybe next year, we're getting a new present. Things are going to get better, hopefully. And just come visit us. It would be awesome for you guys to come. It would be a blessing for you guys. It would be a blessing for our church. So come to Mexico. Awesome.
I'm going to have April come back to the stage right now and, and sit here. You can go ahead and stay seated. And, and I want to just pray over you guys for the work that you're doing there. And, uh, man, aren't we excited to be partnered with the Resgas? They are part of our church family and what God is doing. And uh, we are so thrilled to have them with us and what God is, God is doing there. So let me just pray over you guys as uh, you continue doing what God has called you guys to do. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that you have called us into your work to build your kingdom. Lord, you, you could use any method that you choose, but you use us. We, we so many times feel unworthy and incapable, but that's when you get the glory and the honor. And what a testimony it, it has been to hear how Adolfo and April and their family have stepped out on faith to go to Orizaba, how you provided for them the last four and a half years and how we know you'll continue to provide each and every month. Lord, they, they live by faith every month in a way that many of us cannot really fully understand. But Lord, we want to we wanna help them and we want to be an answer to their prayers uh, by praying for them, encouraging them, and Lord, financially giving. Um, a lot of times people don't want to talk about money, but they can't do this. They, their family can't survive. They can't live without this support. And, and we're thrilled to be able to help them and be an encouragement to them and to partner with this ministry and know that there are hundreds of people in Orizaba coming to Christ and being discipled that are part of our family and part of your family. And uh, they're an extension of this ministry to make disciples in all nations. And we're, we're grateful to be a part of it. Have your hand upon them, their family, their health, their travel mercies. Get them safely back to Orizaba. We pray that when they get back, that God, you just begin to do miraculous things. Give them this bowling alley, if it's your will, Lord, that they can have a bigger place to meet. I know what a blessing this place has been in this community. And uh, Lord, we know that you will meet every need because we're, Lord, uh, you call us, you, you, you provide. Where you guide, you provide. And we pray that for April and Adolfo. And we love them. And we praise you, Lord, for working in our lives and using us for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you guys. Bless you.